Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly on uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome to the show. Good to have you with us. And uh, I don't know if it's still an issue, but it was on my drive to work uh, a few hours ago. Standing pools of water that, for whatever reason, didn't seem to be draining. Maybe it was tree junk in the way of the drains. I don't know. Winds are going to pick up drastically. About 7 o'clock in some of our listening area. They're already uh, rough in the uh, southern part of our listening area. Unless, of course, you're listening online and not over the air. If you're listening online, you might be in Tampa looking at sunshine and 79 degrees or whatever it is. So uh, anyway, welcome to the show. Good to have you with us. Josh Schmidt is at Master Control doing his uh, 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 phenomenal job and uh, good to be with you on this uh, Thursday. I'm uh, going to be off tomorrow and it has nothing to do with anything medical. That's the funniest thing. I'm off and nothing to do with any surgery, procedure, stitches, or anything like that. Although I might break the record this year for stitches. I, I might. I, I, it's, a, it's a possibility. I'm the LeBron James of stitches, just so you're aware. Anyway, it is uh, 10 minutes after 5 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome to the program. Uh, we've been talking about is a war with China inevitable? And I'm afraid that I've come to the conclusion that it is inevitable. Um, I think it's greater than a 50-50 thing. I think it's like a 55 or 60-40 thing that a war with China is inevitable. When, I don't know. I would imagine that the trigger is going to be Taiwan, uh, which China desperately wants. We, we have no treaty obligation like NATO to defend Taiwan in the event of an attack, but Obviously, the president is commander-in-chief, and he can order our military to come to Taiwan's assistance uh, if he sees a clear and present danger to America's national security. However, um, let's put it this way, I think sending Americans to die in Taiwan is a, uh, it's a very dubious enterprise at best, at least in terms of American public opinion. And a lot of people don't know this, but in the Second World War, there were a lot of angry letters from a lot of grieving mothers in, that were printed in some of the newspapers that uh, basically said, why did my son die in the Pacific on an island whose name I can't even pronounce? And the Secretary of War, now the Secretary of Defense, but the Secretary of War said, look, we didn't ask for this war, but now that we're in the war, we've got to bring it to a conclusion and we've got to win the war. Um, so that was the uh, the published uh, response or a paraphrase of it. Um, but you've got, I mean, you've got some uh, very interesting things happening. First of all, 
I mean, this this didn't just happen last week, right? These tensions have been building and building and building. And I know this much about tension. Sooner or later, tension hits the breaking point and a certain kind of poop show gets underway. And just th- think about this. World War II, the breaking point, obviously, was the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. That was the, the breaking point. And then Hitler declaring war on the United States after the United States had declared war on his ally, Japan. World War I, what was the breaking point? Unrestricted submarine warfare that sent the Lusitania to the bottom, a whole bunch of Americans. That was the breaking point. Every tense situation has a breaking point. Think about your marriage, your own personal relationships. Every tense relationship has a breaking point, okay, from which there is no return. And the balloon just represents, to me anyway, a further escalation of this uh, tension that is going on between the People's Republic of China and the United States, not to mention uh, the Chinese uh, artificial islands in the South China Sea, uh, not to mention, oh, we already mentioned Taiwan. Um, And I think that we we need to be very, very careful, uh, especially if they have weapons that we have not perfected yet, like these hypersonic missiles, that is a source of concern. And you know, we pride ourselves on our Navy, in particular our aircraft carriers. But if you hit a carrier group with swarms of hypersonic missiles, I don't care how many laser defense systems you've got, you're going to lose some ships, hopefully not an aircraft carrier, but it's not out of the possibility uh, that that would happen. And uh, if, if you launched swarms of hypersonic missiles against most of our valuable military assets, that that would be a real problem for the United States to defend. Uh, To my knowledge, the Ford is equipped with, uh, well, to the best of my knowledge, the Ford is equipped with laser defense systems. And the good news is the laser defense systems, they travel at the speed of light because that's the fastest speed we know that can be achieved, the speed of light. And they're also very cheap to fire. Uh, like five to ten dollars per laser beam you shoot at an incoming uh, target, but is it going to be able to hit them all? I mean, even Israel's Iron Dome, a few always get through. I mean, you can saturate the system, and I'm afraid that between drone swarms and hypersonic missile swarms, China might be a very tough adversary. And I don't know to what extent we have uh, developed our own hypersonic missiles. Um, and again. We might not know until we actually use them that we have these hypersonic missiles because obviously you don't want to tell somebody what you've got. The other hand, the the other side of that equation is sometimes you do want to tell people what you've got to make them back off and think twice about launching an attack on you. It's a balancing act. Uh, But do you believe that a war with China is going to happen? Is it inevitable? Uh, The Chinese spy balloon, I've mentioned this many times today, but there's a China expert who says that is um, not just a message to the United States, it is a message to the people of China to prepare for a war at any time with the United States of America. You have a four-star Air Force general who has told the people under him, prepare for a war with China by 2025. Uh, Aim for the head, 
I mean, that that's a memo obtained by NBC News. You've got a former uh, big shot at the Pentagon and national security advisor also forecasting a war with China. Now, do you think that this is going to happen? Is this uh, are, are, how concerned are you about a war with China? And you know, we, we we watch these documentaries on World War II and Korea, Vietnam, and some of the later documentaries, and you know, we forget that the technology of warfare changes. And one of our callers in the previous hour um, made a great point and something that was a concern to me, and I said it at the time, about the balloon. Good, good Lord, if a balloon was able to detonate something that would send an electromagnetic pulse across mid-America and fry our electrical grid, we're sitting ducks, number one. Our technology doesn't work. Okay, it, it simply does not work. You don't get electricity. That should be a big source of, of concern. Of course, look, EMPs can work the other way, too. You can knock out China's electrical grid if you're so inclined to do it. But uh, then I've got this email here. Please start talking to your listeners about no war with China. There is literally no reason good enough outside of a full invasion of the USA to go all out. I work with the Chinese every day. They love us, want to be like us. There is no reason to go to war unless the Chinese feel threatened. People, uh, please start talking about how bad it would be. Cities destroyed, no electric grid, no transportation, no hospitals left, starvation. Like you said, starting over with horses, it's just not worth it to go to war over a point of pride or at least a small island 5,000 miles from here. Counting on you, bro. Well, um, that's not up. That that's not up to me. Um, I, I think that the United States has pretty much uh, is pretty much w- without signing a treaty with Taiwan has pretty much said if any if any stuff breaks loose with Taiwan, we're going to be there to defend Taiwan. Now, whether that's something the United States of America's people would support, I um, I really don't know. I referenced the letters um, during the Second World War from some of the aggrieved mothers, uh, Gold Star mothers. Uh, what do you think about all this? 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Is that email to... Uh, uh, to um, uh, antsy, not antsy. Is it too? Uh, is it too weak? Need? I mean, look, a, a war, uh, obviously, with any superpower, is is going to be a horrible thing, and it's something that the United States is not used to. We had American cities that were ravaged during the War of eighteen twelve. One of them is actually the city of Buffalo, New York. Another city would be Washington D.C. We had British troops that were burning down American cities. Of course, uh, the American forces did burn down uh, what, what is now Toronto, and Buffalo got burned down as a reprisal, but these are simply little details. But anyway, um, we're, not, we're not generally used to it, at least in the modern era. The American Civil War, of course, uh, great swaths or swathes of the American South were destroyed uh, with Sherman's march to the sea, Atlanta was leveled. Uh, a lot of places uh, in the South, um, Richmond, Petersburg, uh, suffered tremendous damage in the American Civil War. Took years to dig out, and year, even more years to do away with the with the bad feelings. But as far as modern warfare, okay, post Civil War, 
the United States, we're not used to our cities being destroyed. We're not used to being Dresden or Hamburg or uh, any of the cities, Heilbronn, that were destroyed in the Second World War. Uh, Tokyo, firebombing of Tokyo, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. That's other countries. That's other people. That's not us. I'm not sure how the people of the United States would react to a war with uh, an adversary that could actually do that to our cities or could fry our electrical grid to the point where goodbye internet, goodbye cell phone, in fact, goodbye radio stations because um, we only have fuel on backup to last, I don't even know how many days, but uh, it wouldn't be forever, and God knows what would happen to our transmitter. I have no idea. So, is a war with China inevitable? What do you think? Uh, And again... I, I just cannot stress this enough. This is not a situation that happened overnight. This has been brewing for a couple of decades. It has yeah, it has been brewing for a couple of decades. And, you know, the really weird thing, for some of us who are old enough to remember it, back when the Soviet Union was America's public political enemy number one, Richard Nixon and Henry Kissinger pulled off a diplomatic coup for the ages. They surprised the world by normalizing relations with the People's Republic of China. Can still remember the TV news coverage of Nixon and Mao Zedong eating dinosaur eggs. Remember that? Dinosaur eggs. Who does that? Uh, And Nixon was pretty good with chopsticks, as I recall. But, dude... If I ever come to your house for dinner and you say, hey, have some delicious dinosaur eggs for you, I'm going to pass on that. I'm going to probably go with the ribs. I'm just saying. Um, Yeah, dinosaur eggs. And the look on Nixon's face was kind of hilarious. Anyway, no wonder the guy got phlebitis. Dinosaur eggs cause phlebitis. We now know. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Here's uh, Chris in Hamburg. Chris, war with China. What do you think? Hey, Tom. Um, so I think that it's less likely that we will have a uh, kinetic war, shots fired, you know, nuclear uh, stuff type of war. Um, I think it's far more likely that we will see um, an economic type war, um, which is kind of already uh, brewing in the background with the uh, um, China leading the way in uh, bringing oil to be traded around the world and not U.S. dollars, which is one of the main reasons that our dollar has any value um and you know they hold so much of our debt that they kind of uh you know hold us by the uh precious gems if you know what i mean (laughs) so they can kind of do anything they want to us so i think it'll be more of an economic uh destruction of our country rather than a blowing us up type of thing well the other way looking at that too is sometimes sanctions and they're talking about sanctions right now in the biden administration against uh, companies and countries dealing with china uh, especially in the high-tech sector Sometimes economic boycotts and economic sanctions can lead to, as you put it, kinetic warfare. And I mentioned earlier the oil embargo the United States placed on Japan after Japan started being all mean and nasty in the Pacific after 1931. Sure. I I think that, you know, some of the the larger things going on in the background um, with, you know, especially like nuclear war is probably never going to happen because there's there's been so much invested in technology and surveillance and, you know, moving in that direction to control the populace that, you know, vaporizing it all in nukes is just, you know, not not something that's going to 
happen by uh, the powers that be, you know, controlling things behind the scenes. Um, so, you know, there could be regional wars and, and smaller things, but, you know, full-scale, large stuff I don't see as likely. See, I, I wish, you know what, I, I wish I had the faith that you have, but um, we've come so close to nuclear war on, on so many occasions. During the Cuban Missile Crisis, a guy on a Soviet submarine swallowed the other key because the commander of the sub thought, that they had gone to war over the Cuban missiles, and this guy basically prevented World War III. There's another case where a defective computer in the Soviet Union showed the United States had launched a missile or missiles against the Soviet Union. The guy running the radar decided not to run it up the chain of command because he didn't want to start World War III, and during the Carter administration, a 25-cent chip or transistor, something malfunctioned. They woke up Carter in the middle of the night and said, hey, we've got a report that a Soviet missile is coming over. Carter dismissed it as a, a, a fluke and went back to sleep. So, I mean, cooler heads have prevailed, but uh, we, we live in a world that, uh, unfortunately, cooler heads don't always prevail. I, I, I wish I could be as positive as you are that we're not all going to die in a mushroom cloud and be vaporized, but, uh, you know, at least our health care costs will be minimal. Uh, yeah, well, ho- hopefully uh, technology has come a long way to prevent any uh, errors like that. But, uh, you know, I don't think anybody really wants to just, uh, you know, be the one to push the button and know they're they're going to die themselves or have, you know, there's going to be nothing left of the world. So, you know, hopefully. Uh, or with a billion population, that. do you take the risk? Yeah, you know what? We can afford to lose 200 million. They can't. Yeah, that's a decent point. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I wish I wish I knew the answers. Thanks uh, very much. I uh, appreciate it. Um, and I, I don't know um, the as far as the email I received earlier. I, I don't know if uh, the Chinese really uh, like us and want to be like us. Uh, they've had since uh, 1947 to overthrow that regime. Uh, almost did in Tiananmen Square in uh, 1989. Remember the guy standing in front of the tank. Uh, but uh, we saw how the Chinese dealt with dissenters. Um, they basically killed who knows how many people in Tiananmen Square. All of the other communist countries fell under the weight of popular revolution. China ruthlessly crushed the, well, attempt to overthrow the communist government. It is uh, 28 minutes after 5. Didn't work out so well for Ceausescu or his wife in Romania. You remember Romania. It's 528 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Coming up, guess what? We've got some nasty weather heading this way, and meteorologist Andy Parker explains all on News Radio 930 WBEN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 
Yeah, I mentioned before that uh, the song was actually uh, made famous by Christopher Cross, but Burt Bacharach, Carol Bayer Sayer, and another dude were in on writing the song. The other dude came up with the line, When You Get Caught Between the Moon and New York City, which actually was about being on a plane that was in a holding pattern um, waiting to get into New York City. Um, and I looked that up over the weekend, which was really weird. But anyway, Burt Bacharach, uh, dead and that's uh, obviously unfortunate, but he did have a very long and successful life, so we had that going for him. Uh, we have some foul weather uh, in incoming, and uh, joining us right now, everybody's favorite meteorologist, Andy Parker. Andy, thanks very much. Uh, appreciate you being here. Hey, no problem. Going to be a bumpy night for us in western New York tonight, Tom. Well, I like the way you lay out timetables because people have plans at various times of uh, night and day. And how do you see this thing unfolding? Yeah, I see it as uh, this is definitely the calm before the storm. We had that rain today. An inch of water hit the south towns and that filled the creeks and streams right to Bankful. And we're finding that uh, Tonawanda Creek out in Attica is in action stage, which means it's at Bankfall, and then also in Lancaster, Cayuga Creek. Now, we've kind of shut off the water. The sun came out for a little bit, and uh, you could get outside and move around. But I hope you batten down the hatches, because here's the timeline on those big winds. After 8 o'clock tonight, I'm looking at the radar. I can see the line of showers over central Lake Erie. The bigger winds are hitting Toledo right now. That's at the other end of Lake Erie. So between 8 and 10 o'clock, you're going to see the wind speeds jump up. We're going to get a big gust of wind right before maybe 10 and midnight. And then from midnight until 3, it's just going to be slam, 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 hitting against the whatever's loose is going to get shook around. And the worst thing about this thaw and all the rain is that these pine trees are going to be the most susceptible because the ground has thawed. When you get these big gusts of wind, those are the trees that kind of catch the most force and are notorious for being tipped in these situations. So I would expect some tip trees, most of them pines, and then also some power outages that go along with that. These winds will slowly subside. They don't just disappear, but by five in the morning, they'll start to ratchet down. So the gusts are under 40 miles an hour. And we're seeing temperatures that go from almost record setting today. We hit 56 last hour. 62 is the record for today. We're going to drop down into the 30s tomorrow with a wind chill in the 20s. There's no big snow that comes with this. Maybe a rain-snow mix. Not a pleasant Friday, but hope you enjoyed the two hours of dry and actually a little bit of sunshine with the 50s today. Yeah, that's just uh, beautiful. Uh, so the winds uh, do pose a threat of power outages. Just out of curiosity, and I don't know if this is in your bailiwick or not, but the fact that we just had a major blizzard and a lot of the weaker trees fell during that blizzard, does that maybe lessen the chances of additional power outages? It does. Your intuition is right. I've got a big dead cherry tree in the backyard, and those 70-mile-an-hour screamers came through and knocked down one of the big chunks off of that tree. Uh, if you had some weaker uh, branches in your trees, dead ones or older ones, those probably were attacked during that 70-mile-an-hour wind. They're less susceptible to these. But it's really going to be the pines where you had the water, it loosened up the soil, and then they have less because the, it's such a broad root system, they get tipped out of the ground much easier. But anything that was kind of dead, dead wood, if you would, if you will, has probably already been knocked out. 
Deadwood, fine TV show, Andy. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as uh, as far as the 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 conditions on the lake, uh, not not too many recreational boaters um, on the lake this time of year. But uh, what what's Lake Erie going to be doing, and is it going to impact Route Five at all? Uh, it will. Not right now. We've got a southerly wind, so it's pushing all the water to the shoreline of Canada by Point Abano. And then what's going to happen is when the wind switches direction around eight o'clock, it's going to go southwest which is going to take all of that water from Toledo and push it down here. We talk about the Lake Seiche, and I think we're going to get about a three- to five-foot rise on the Lake Erie waters, and then you're going to put some eight- to ten-foot waves on top of that. So this is going to be anybody near Hoover Beach, the car wash along Route 5, anybody with shoreline property is going to see these big waves kind of eat away at the shoreline. Well, that's not very good news uh, for those people whatsoever. Uh, but the uh, we, we are going to have another Seiche. Uh, what time do you anticipate the Seiche uh, hitting maximum stage? Uh, that usually follows within a couple hours of the big winds. So you get the biggest winds between midnight and 3. It'll be a nocturnal thing. Not many people will see it. You're going to see the water rise at canal side, and then it'll probably slosh back by the time the sun comes up in the morning. It, it doesn't stay here. It kind of pushes up, and then it recedes a little bit. So it's, it's not something that's going to be that spectacular unless you're down there in the overnight hours, which uh, I hope you wouldn't be because it's not going to be that pleasant. No, the, uh, you mentioned the creeks uh, before at Bankful. And again, this might be a very stupid question, but will the winds um, have any bad effects on the people living around those creeks? Uh, no, the creeks at this point, if we can just put a stop to the any additional water that should cap it we've had a couple hours break here which is good so these little feeder creeks that rise real quick like smokes creek and the ones that feed into that those ones came up really fast now they're starting to drop a little bit there's another round of rain some heavy rain over central lake Erie. it'll be enough to make everything start to run again but i don't think we're looking at flooding problems uh from additional rain and then the wind shouldn't be an issue on the creeks either do you think this weather was caused by the chinese balloon i absolutely think the balloon came over it changed the weather pattern completely, (laughs) (laughs) and altered everything that the balloon with a couple of solar panels just changed everything Uh, he's uh, we're not being serious here folks we're not being serious no no I, uh, I hope they sense the sarcasm a bit. Yeah, I, I just wanted to—I just wanted to make sure. I never thought I'd get a whole show out of a balloon last week, but uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. The uh, one of the things that I noticed in the drive-in, and I'm sure you've got the scientific explanation for this, but uh, basically, uh, I drive five miles to get to work, and I went through two major side-of-the-road puddles, and I saw one suburban intersection that looked almost impassable with the standing water. Why so much standing water today? Uh, You know, I think it's just there's a lot of stuff in the, um, uh, what would you call them? Uh, The the, the gutters, but the drains. And uh, and I know that because I looked at mine today. I was chopping out some of the ice that was near the road, and I happened to look down into the drain, and there is a lot of material in there. So I think at this time of year, uh, that's just what slows it down a little bit. Yeah, interesting, because I thought for sure we are going to have a lot more auto accidents today. Hey, um, I don't mean to, to, to get into this again, but uh, I, I feel like I really have to, because you know we did a show yesterday on uh, what we could do differently for the next blizzard, and, and most of it dealt with the after-the-fact the after the fact situation. Now, I have... 
on numerous occasions, as you know, commended you for all of the effort you put into notifying everybody listening to this show and this radio station as to the weather that was definitely coming. You made it very clear this is not going to be one of those mis-events. This is going to be uh, a historic weather event. And, you know, I, I wonder if, uh, you know, I, I, I wonder if I should have done a show asking the mayor and the county executive to activate the emergency broadcast system and shut down the city at midnight Thursday night. I wonder if that would have helped to impress upon people the gravity of the situation. Uh, we talked about that, and I'm not sure if it was with you or with Susan in the morning, but they had asked, they said, will there be road closures? And at that point, the 90 hadn't been closed. And it was very easy call for me to say it's going to close because the weather conditions, when you just look at the wind and the snow, the visibility and the amount of snow that was coming, they closed the throughway for a lot less. And when you look at what was coming, it was glaringly apparent that that roadway and many others were going to end up being closed. And your intuition of closing it early would have absolutely stopped anyone from being on some of those major roads prior to the event, even publicizing it Thursday that the that the stop time for the throughway is going to be 6 a.m. in the morning that you can be on this. But at that point, it will be closed. And then if they had positioned some folks there, you know, the, the, the police cars pulled down those things and done it preemptively before. We switched to the big winds that hit. If you remember, the winds hit around 7 or 8 in the morning, yep. and then it switched to snow. If you had gotten those roadways done and impressed upon people that travel beyond 6 or 7 in the morning, is you're just not going to have the ability to do that, I think that would have made a big difference. Because I have certainly worked during tornadic weather where the uh, National Weather Service has uh, requested and received emergency broadcast activation. And, of course, uh, you know, we, we honored their, their request. It was back in the, well, whenever it was, it was. But, uh, you know, to, to I think that the... Um, the catastrophe that was the blizzard of 22 could have been mitigated in terms of the number of vehicles stranded and the loss of lives of people who were out and about um, had everything closed down midnight Thursday, had they stressed the seriousness of it with the emergency broadcast system. I think that that would have, I mean, look, it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback, and I can't really criticize polling cars or the mayor because I should have been yelling and screaming for that. But, you know, you don't want to be the guy who says, do this right before Christmas on the off chance that nothing was going to happen because we've, we've, had our chance, we, we've had our situations like that too. Yeah, that is one of the things. And, and I, along with you, is not laying blame at anyone's feet at this point. Uh, that doesn't do anyone any good. But what I do like is how you're looking at this saying, well, how do we improve this? What would be the thing that we could do that would make the biggest impact going forward, learning from what we had? And doing that, I think, ahead of time, getting that time out there that says this is when it's all shutting down, and you have to do that in advance. Give people a day and say it's shutting down at 6 o'clock in the morning on Friday, so get it done, be off the roads this is the way it's going to go. And I think if that was put out earlier, that would have been the thing that could have made the biggest difference. Everybody knew the blizzard was coming. We had a whole week of, 
of this thing coming. We knew that the winds were going to be there in the snow. Um, I just think that that would have been something that if that was communicated, I think the level of seriousness might have jumped up in people's heads. They would have gotten their stuff done and maybe not challenged Mother Nature up until the 11th hour when the wind and the snow caught people and prevented them from finishing their their task. I mean, it's ironic, Andy, that uh, people things got real for people when Thompson Wegmans announced Friday morning they were closing. That's when things got real. Yeah, when the grocery stores put out the word that this is it, that's when everybody yeah kicked in that oh my gosh this is this is going to be a real one. But um, yeah, that's I think looking back on it, that would have been a big piece to the puzzle right there. Yeah, it, in the future, when the data suggests that we're absolutely positively going to get a blizzard, when the Weather Service says difficult to impossible travel conditions, as it said, I believe it was the Thursday, uh, right before the Friday blizzard hit, um, I, I just, in, in retrospect, uh, everything should have been shut down, I'd say, midnight on Thursday. Tell people to stay home. If you're an essential worker, leave now. Get there so you're there. Bring supplies with you in case you have to sleep over. Um, and I think maybe some lives would have been saved. But I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just simply looking at how we might do it differently next time. And God knows you did your job. You did your job. And uh, I think... Uh, you know, looking back on it, I think I wish that I would have yelled and screamed some more about shutting everything down if I, I had I it to do differently. That, I think, again, you have the bullhorn there, and, and we put it out there. We put all the weather factors out there as best we could, and I remember outlining it, breaking it down hour by hour, what's coming. And I think that uh, people who have lived through the blizzards of the 2000s, if you will, past you know, 2002, there were a few blizzards, but they were minor events. And, and I think that the term blizzard got attached to them, but maybe, I don't want to say erroneously, but it used to be. If the B word came out, Tom, people knew. You just don't challenge the B word, the blizzard. But I think that it lost a little bit of its gravitas. Mm. because we attached it to smaller-scale systems, and people felt, well, the last blizzard I was able to get around and, and do this and do that, and I think that led to some of that too. This, I think, the next time people hear the blizzard word, you're going to have, I think this storm, if it did anything, was put some of the respect back into that term, which I think had waned over uh, maybe a couple of decades. And, and you know what? I think the people in power uh, need to understand that uh... – um, e even if they get it wrong, nobody is going to jump on their backs be because they closed down the area on Friday right before Christmas, given the available data. I think they've got to not be so concerned about media and public criticism and, and more concerned with public safety. Uh, Andy, I, I thank you very much uh, for the information about today and uh, for looking back at the uh, blizzard, and I thank you kindly. Always enjoy talking weather with you, Tom. Have a good one. And Oh, Andy, uh, what is the number people can uh, text weather to you and uh, get Andy Parker's weather updates? Oh, that's right. My cell phone. Here, let me put it out there again. It's 716, and it's 503-ANDY. 503-ANDY. And it's uh, if you don't want to look it up, it's 503-2369. And what that does, if you text the word weather to me right to my phone, I'm going to get back to you with a quick forecast and an update. And then if you want to ask a question, if you're like, well, I'm driving from here to here at this time of the morning, how's the wind going to be? Or I live near the lake. When is the stage coming? 
anything you want, feel free to do that, and uh, we'll get back to you. It's a, a great service. It started before the blizzard, and it was uh, invaluable to uh, thousands of Western New Yorkers. So I invite everybody listening to uh, send the word weather, text the word weather to 503-2639. Andy, you are the man. Thank you very much. Andy Parker, meteorologist extraordinaire. Now, uh, actually, um, the conversation with Andy there about uh, the blizzard situation arose uh, during a conversation off air with Josh Schmidt, who makes the magic happen here at WBEN. He pulls rabbits out of the hat each and every day for us. Make no mistake about it. But, um, you know, we were just talking about the show we did yesterday about suggestions on dealing with the blizzard. And a lot of the suggestions that we heard were after-the-fact suggestions, after traffic was stuck, after the snow had fallen. And it uh, just... It has been dawning on me over the past period since we had the blizzard of 22, what might have been done better. And I think that uh, one of the things that could have and should have been done is closing down the county at midnight on Thursday or at the latest 6 a.m. on Friday morning activating the emergency broadcast system, you know, that obnoxious tone that we play every now and again, I think that would have been very helpful in terms of stressing the gravity of the storm. Um, And unfortunately, um, I think what Andy said is right. I think uh, we've become a little bit uh, uh, immunized uh, to the B word, the blizzard word. But, you know, just just think, if, if all of those cars had not been on the road how many fewer deaths there would have been and how much less misery there would have been. And I think that's certainly something, uh, if they're doing the after-action review in New York State and Erie County, I think that's something they should consider. When you've got a 100% chance of a generational storm hitting, you've got to be willing to take the risk and say, you know what, I know it's days before Christmas, but i got to shut down the county to minimize the strain on resources that are going to be put on the emergency responders and the plow operators uh, and everything else. And then you can address the plowing issues. But the key thing would have been to keep people off of the roads when the uh, snow hit the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.